Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from the church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance My father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates the rainbow this is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Black Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. Well, 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 we back up on this bitch again. It's Mario Ultra Evil. It's a Friday, and I'm here with my good friend and lovely companion, Emily. Hi, it's hi everyone. It's Emily. It's so nice to be back on air again. And um, we have a very interesting topic for you today. But before we get into that, um, Mario, are there any current events you would like to chit-chat about? Yeah, um, I just, you know, just a few few things, you know, to, uh, to chit-chat about, bring up. And um, first of all, you know, the, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everyone affected in the uh, Oklahoma uh, tornado area and surrounding areas and everything. I know that's got to be. I can't can't fathom what it's like to go through all that. And um, that's you know that that's just that's just an amazing situation, an incredible situation. I don't. I never will be. Hopefully, and I guess that's probably not even the right thing to say. But hopefully, um, I won't have to experience that. You yeah. know, Em, you live in Florida, so I know you deal with those hurricanes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, we've been really, really lucky the past few years. The last really bad storm that we had was Wilma. Um, before Wilma was Katrina, although Katrina didn't hit us um, 
anywhere near as badly as when it traveled on and got to New Orleans and the Mississippi, Louisiana area. It was still a tropical storm when it hit Florida, and Wilma was our last bad hurricane. And we're going on six years now that we haven't had a major storm, um, at least not in South Florida. So we're very, very lucky that way. But, I mean, um, Florida does see um, hurricanes. We can get tornadoes. There are hailstorms. Um, everything but um, blizzards and earthquakes, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I come from Haiti, and they get hit by a storm just about every year, and they had um, that really bad earthquake um, back in 2011. So, um, I, I, you know, there really is no such thing as a safe area where you're not going, Mother Nature is not going to punish you terribly. Um because that's just a planet we live on. It's very ill-equipped for our needs, to say the least. Yeah, and it, it became, um, you know, as you look at these things and you you look at, I mean, the, the Earth and the way it's set up. I mean, almost everything about it is, you know, is has its own um, attitude and and. Chaotic. I mean, there's there's chaos and there's harmony. There's all kinds of things going on, and you know, when you live on a planet in which the Earth itself can move and throw you off of it and rumble and destroy all kinds of things, I mean, that's just got to be an incredible situation. Which yeah, led, led I us to. That, uh, um, I was having that um, conversation with a Facebook friend, and she was saying, you know, um, why do people stay in areas like this? And my what I said was. You know, most people they don't make a choice to 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 move someplace um, as much as they make a choice not to leave the place where they were already born. And um, you know, there I have my fears as well. There's some places that I can you know live unless it was for work, simply because I'd be too frightened of some of the natural disasters. Um, because of the frequency in which it happened, and I was telling her, you know, I could never go on a cruise because I'm terrified of rogue waves. And for those who don't know what rogue waves are, um, this is what a tsunami is when it doesn't hit land, when it's just out at sea. Um, these things mm-hmm. have been known to capsize boats. They don't happen very often, but there's no way to measure it. There's no way to see when it's coming, like a tsunami. And, you know, being on a boat, there's really nowhere to run. So. Yeah, um, so this is one of the things that like petrifies me, but um, I'm really, really hoping that those people get the relief efforts—not the prayer, but the money, the time, the helping hand that they need to rebuild and move forth from this, and that those who have lost loved ones, um, you know, can can move um, past it and move on with their lives, um, and you know, not be too um, devastated by the aftermath of the storm. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, I really do hope that um more people chipping in. I've uh I've donated via the uh text uh the text uh things that uh kind of take it off your phone bill or something like that. I'm a little wary yeah. of the Red Cross since I donated a, a good bit of money, well, good bit of money for me to the Haiti thing and then kind of find out they wasn't giving them all the money. So if you know of no, the Red Cross was giving them the money. I think it was a oh. Y plus um charity that was taking money from people. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so um, yeah, there's the Red Cross. Oh, there's so many 
um, other um, secular organizations as well. Um, Freedom from Faith um, organization is also chari- taking up charitable donations for um, those affected by by um, by the tornado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you find a responsible charity that's handling business and whatnot, you know, that's being very responsible and and is doing what they're supposed supposed to do for these people in this area. And give what you can. I mean, a little bit goes a long way, especially if all of us helps out into it, helps and throws it to the pot and whatnot. Uh, really, you know, really, I, I mean, I've been in two tornadoes, so I know that that, right, they were F1s and probably not more than F2. So I know it's a mm-hmm. cakewalk compared to what with, went, through, went through Oklahoma, and I am scared shitless of something like that. You son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much, um, it takes a lot to uh, it takes a lot to deal with certain issues. As a matter of fact, I just got through. I haven't recently got through talking to my mom, my my grandmother, and we were talking about this in relation to you know my being an atheist and everything like that, and you know everybody's praying for the people in the area, and I've seen it bantered about on Facebook quite a bit in the last week about the the pointlessness of prayer in the situation. And I found myself kind of two minds of it. You know, my you know, my, my non believer side is saying, Hey, it isn't gonna do anything any good and you know, my rational side, I mean my guess my little more easygoing side is saying, Hey, well, these people need some form of solace and that's what that's what that's what they're leaning towards. But then, you know, my atheist side always wins out. But that's a completely other different subject so I don't wanna offend anybody. Yeah, I mean, um, I just try to keep the there's a there's an anonymous quote that I like to keep in mind in situations like this, and it says that um, two hands working together can do more than a thousand clasped in prayer, and um, it's true. I don't care how big your prayer circle is, I don't care how prayed up you are, um, I don't care how hard you're praying. He can never do more for you than being proactive about your situation, whatever that situation might be. Um, exactly. I definitely, I definitely understand why some of the victims, obviously if you're religious, is not going to fade away um, because you were hit by a storm. Um, I see mm-hmm. that hard times can make a lot of people cling harder to their faith as opposed to let it go, letting go of it. And that's perfectly understandable. Um, but... We, um, those of us who haven't been affected, don't really have an excuse. Um, mm-hmm. We are still in a position to help, so we should do that. Great, great, great. So uh, if you know any um, any responsible charities or whatever charities you're using, whatever methods you are going about um, uh, uh, um, contributing to the uh, relief efforts and whatnot, Either post them in the group, post them on my page, post them on your page. You can tag me, and I'll spread it. I'm pretty sure Em doesn't mind. Even if she doesn't, I'll talk her into it. You know, oh, anyway, yes, go. Oh yeah, you can we're, totally do that. Right, <laughs> right. We're gonna um, we're gonna take care of all that, and you know, it's about being human. So, alrighty. So Em, brainstorm this week's topic, and um, you know, it's gonna be pretty interesting. So, uh, won't you go ahead and lay it on the line, Mike? All right, our topic for this week is religion, entertainment, 
and stigmas, and we will be discussing religion and the role it plays in um, the entertainment industry, as well as the sports industry, and some of the stigmas um, attached to certain individuals because of religion, um, such as you know the stigma of being an atheist or a non-believer in the entertainment industry, and also the stigma of being a homosexual. Um, and especially amongst black athletes and entertainers. You know, the way I feel about religion in the sports in this industry is pretty much summed up like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, like, all right, really. Because when you really think I, about I it. I really don't think, with sports, you know, I really don't think religion plays that big of a deal. There are tons hmm. of... There are tons of athletes that I'm sure are either non-believers or completely ambiguous. Like I don't care. They don't thank God and they get away with not thanking God. Yeah. With sports, I think the biggest stigma is homosexuality. And when uh, when uh, when an athlete comes out as being gay, then all of a sudden everyone wants to be the best Christian possible and put themselves in a position to judge that individual. See, I, you know, um, that was a scripture, you know. That's, that talked about all that. But, you know, what cracks me up is, you know, ultimately a game is pretty much, a, basically you're taking a, uh, um, an idea in which a group of guys decide, hey, we're going to throw this ball to each other. And whoever can cross this air area before with this ball scores points. We will set up who how many points at the time that we finish matching all this out. But basically our job is to outscore the other team. That's basically what we're doing here. Okay, everybody on board with that? Cool. All right. And then you're going to thank God for allowing you to outscore this other team. Well, Meanwhile, I mean, what's going not, on in the world? It's not that far-fetched. It's really not that far-fetched if you think about it. Um, the idea that someone would think that God is playing favorites with them because he did it in the Bible. He had his favorites. He had his chosen people. And he was on their side when they vanquished their enemies and, you know, enslaved them and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and obviously, and this is a mindset that Nazism promotes, is that your, your, you and, or your group, your group, your nationality, your culture, your family, um, there is no one as important as you to God. Whatever is most important to you, that's what's most important to God. And if what's important to you is is scoring this touchdown or um, hitting this home run, then that's God's priority too. Yeah, I just really think, you know, you, you think that, you know, it was worked the same way as say like, uh, I really want to eat because I haven't eaten all week and I'm, I'm starving and I'm emaciated. Shouldn't God want me to eat? It doesn't work that way apparently, I guess, you know. Yeah. You know, I guess not, you know. But, hey, what can you do? I mean, religion to me isn't set up to make sense. And uh, nine times ten, I don't get, you know, I don't get the whole deal. I don't get, I mean, being a former, being formerly, quote, unquote, Christian myself in one form or another, well, maybe I wasn't completely all the way affiliated with it. I was kind of dabbling in it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But either way I go. I never really got the whole idea of the uh, prayer, and especially when I see so much of it in, you know, the movies and stuff. Nine times ten, if you see um, a black entertainer, especially a black entertainer who's probably on the C or D list, 
you know, nine times ten, they're going to be in one of these little straight-to-DVD movies in which is some type of little religious message or something like that. I'm a cop, you idiot! You know? What is that background noise? Uh, soundboard. I'm trying to slice okay, it up a little bit. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, it just sounds like some random person, <laughs> like, blaring something in the background. Um, I think with 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 um with black people, with with the role that religion plays in sports, it's mostly for um for I see that mostly with white athletes actually, where they're mm-hmm. the ones always pointing to the to the sky when scoring touchdowns. And Tim Tebow has pretty much become the poster child for Christian athletes everywhere. Um, but with with black entertainers, I found that. They go the hardest with loving God and being thankful to God and being humble while you're wearing a hundred thousand dollar dress at an award show. <laughs> and um, it's it's the craziest thing where you see this person who clearly doesn't believe, but they pretend to. You know, you you, you think you think so? You you think they don't believe as much as they really act like they do? Um, I well, it's not that I don't think they believe in God. I just don't think that they believe um, the, the scriptures that they're reading. Because if mm-hmm. you did, you wouldn't live that extravagant lifestyle. I mean, you have people like Nicki Minaj who said in her song "Moment for Life," "No, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed." Okay, Nicki, you're blessed, but she is breaking hundreds of biblical commandments in the way that she dresses alone. So at that point, I have to consider, do you really believe the scripture or do you just love your life and the money that you're making more than you love God? Like that matters more to you than obedience to the God that you supposedly love. And, you know, I really appreciate this this scripture right here. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward full, Matthew 6, 5. And that was the international version because there's a shitload of different versions of the same book. You can do that. All right? It's hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Actually, that's one of my favorite scriptures because um, when, and I'm going to go back to Tim Tebow, when that whole thing first started, I remember vividly, and this was years and years and years ago, long before you and I, we're ever friends before I knew about any of this. I put a post on my wall that says, well, I guess Tim Tebow is the new Jesus now because everyone's worshiping him. And I got a ba- lot of backlash, especially from religious family members. And they're like, oh, well, you're going on about him. He's a good man of God. He's a religious man. You shouldn't talk bad about him. And I just put that scripture up there. Um, and crickets. Um, there, it's really, uh, it's really boggles my mind that so many Christians would applaud this behavior of celebrities who go to these award shows, or they win these games, and they say, you know, when they, during their award speech or during that interview, post game interview, oh thank God, I'm nothing without him. Um, the, Jesus is my light, my savior. Um, Things like that are just really, it's unbelievable. It really is. Because if you love them that much, you should know the Bible. 
enough to avoid that kind of spectacle. Yeah, um, I re- oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. You know, I, f- I found that, you know, we've we we've discussed it before about the, the cherry-picking whole idea about, like, yeah, we're not going to follow this part of the Bible. We're just going to completely ignore that part because, really, I, you know, I don't really like that part, you know. And, um, like, you know, like everybody wants to calm down on homosexual. And they, they, they pull that scripture out of their ass every time they get a chance to. You know, and we're going to completely ignore the fact that there are over 600 other sins listed in the Bible. Leave mm-hmm. us only focus on the one that I don't want to particularly be involved in. Never mind the fact that right now, at this very moment, I'm wearing multiple types of clothing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Multiple fabrics, yes. Multiple fabrics. Dig it. Um, and there are also certain fabrics you can't wear at the same time. Um even if they're on separate articles of clothing, um, you know, you can't eat meat and dairy together. Um, you can't eat shellfish. You can't eat pork. You can't eat certain cuts of of cows um, and chickens, and you can't eat certain parts of the cows and chickens. You can't eat internal organs. So, I mean, for all the people who are barbecuing ribs and shrimp and chitlins at the moment, please stop. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you told me that I could <laughs> not eat any more bacon, you know, you can pretty much finish him. That's the end of me. I'm over. I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I need bacon. You know what? As a matter of fact, bacon. Yeah, we know how you hard. feel about bacon, Mario. Like, it's. Yeah. Uh, you need it's an intervention, Mario. I mean, it's you know, it's part of it. It's part of a healthy, balanced diet, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? There's even bacon-flavored condoms. You can talk about that later, though. You, you Actually, um, I found some bacon-flavored um, dental floss that I need to send you. Are you serious? Yes, it comes in a three-pack. Um, One of them is bacon, the other is waffles and syrup, and the third one is coffee and cream. So you got breakfast. breakfast right there in, in floss. <laughs> Your entire oh. breakfast is laid out in floss for you. It's awesome. That is awesome. That that is that's too awesome. That's way too awesome. It really that is. That is way amazing. too awesome because when it comes to bacon, you know, I Hadouken! now you can be like inspired to to like it, it's inspirational to oral hygiene. Damn right. You'll never forget to floss now. Hell no, I floss this for the, you know, just, no, I sit there and suck on the, I probably shouldn't say anything about that. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and what I'm noticing a lot lately, um, I saw this video, um, someone posted in a group a couple of years ago, or a year, about a year and a half ago, where you had, it was a parody of a gangster rapper, and he's talking about this song, you know, I fucked a girl, I killed your mom, um, um, you know, I shot up your house, and then this song goes platinum, and he wins the award. At the award show, he's like, I would like to thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny, but at the same time, it's true. Um, and one, the one I saw most recently was posted in a Facebook group, and it was about, it was um, a snippet of the show Bells that 
airs on TV One. Now, I don't really watch TV One except for reruns of A Different World because that show's amazing. <laughs> but um, and I'd never seen the show Bells before. I ever heard of it? And basically, you have this young woman who brings her boyfriend to meet the family, and pretty quickly they start grilling him. And fairly soon, they find out that he's an atheist. Now, she didn't know this because he didn't know how to tell her. But, um, you know, it soon comes to light that they don't approve of his lifestyle. Big surprise. And in the end, she ends up breaking up with him because he said she, you know, she says to him, how can you love anyone when you don't even love God? Um, and it's kind of sad because it's clear that he had feelings for her, real feelings for her. But the discussion at the table is re- what really intrigued me because it's sitting at the table and, um, her brother saying, well, what if you were in the back streets of Georgia and there was drugs in the trunk, a busted taillight, a white girl in the seat next to you, and a cop coming up behind me? You wouldn't pray to God? And he's like, um, so you're saying if I were a drug dealer, I could be redeemed by God? And then and then her father says yes. And he, he asks the father, well, I thought your God forgave everyone. And it was one of those things where they had seen this young man who was successful and respectful and handsome and clearly in love with their daughter. And all of a sudden he was the enemy. And it wasn't just the things they said to him, but the tone of voice used as if he were beneath them. And I see, and this is the way, and I'm glad that he was portrayed as a kind, decent person. So that was a pleasant surprise but who's still portrayed as someone unworthy of affection or a serious relationship because of his beliefs. It was really, really hard to see that because there's so many of my friends who deal with that on a daily basis. Um, Right. Where they were like, you know, I can't find anybody because it's so, so hard dating as an atheist. And Okay, that's just dating, though, in a world where as an everyday person you can only come into contact with so many people. I cannot imagine what it must be like when you're on a celebrity platform in a predominantly religious country, and you know, especially in the entertainment industry, it's not the same as with sports. That's like, you know, no matter what you believe or how gay you are, as long as you are good, then you they, they have no choice but to keep you on that team, just like a Dennis Rodman. He was yeah. gay and flamboyant and did the weirdest things with his appearance and constantly got into fights with other players and um, journalists and tabloids all the time. But he was an amazing basketball player. So what can you say? But for a lot of our entertainers, especially our black entertainers, um, singers and actors, that is the kind of statement that could ruin your career because it's already hard enough being a black entertainer. They get very few roles. So many of these poor people are stuck in Tyler Perry movies and plays for the rest of their lives. You can't ruin yeah. that one opportunity that you have by saying, okay, yeah, I don't believe this garbage. Yeah, Tyler Perry, being relegated to Tyler Perry movies for the rest of your career is like the, the abyss of actor. I mean, of acting. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm like... These monkeys are following me because I just took this car. Obviously, the car doesn't belong to me. It's not my style. Not my style <laughs> at all. Uh, we got a caller. We got a caller on the Ooh, line. Caller, caller. 
so that hopefully we can stay within topic, though, because normally we go off on a tangent and all that. This is early. I'm so excited. I wonder who's calling. All right, 804. Who the hell are you? Talk to This is Deborah. How y'all doing? This is Deborah. Hi. Hi. Hey, how you doing? How y'all doing? We're good. All how right. are you? Great. You know, I saw that show that you're talking about. <clears throat> I'm sorry I'm a little hoarse tonight. Oh, it's fine. <clears throat> uh, but I saw that show that you're talking about. I, 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 you know, I was gonna, I was trying to find a video of it so I could put on my on my page. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, that was that was really rough. It was. You know that 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 was real. You know what I'm saying? And I really I really had to commend them for how how realistically the whole thing was portrayed. Yeah. Um, he wasn't some heartless bastard like a lot of people think atheists are. And the mm-hmm. family, um, you know, they weren't. Their reaction was incredibly realistic. Um, yeah. I mean, it could have been worse even because I know some families have resorted to violence when yeah. someone in their family has um, been opened up about dating a non-believer or um, mm-hmm. come out of the closet mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, especially when somebody, when, you know, when somebody, you know, really takes upon themselves to go ahead and be who they are and everything. You might not like it, but that's them, you know. That is that's them. You gotta accept that. Outstanding. Or don't. That is know. so creepy. My, Mario, that voice is so creepy right now. Every time I hear yeah. it, I think about Tim Curry and Legend. Ha 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 Tim Curry and Legend. Man, that that was the shit. I love that. Yeah, he was an awesome devil. Um <laughs> uh, You always sit there, you always go to I mean I remember going to the video store. And this is one of the things that I got got into my got got you know, I'm a movie person. I love movies, you know what I'm saying? And nine times out of ten I'm watching, especially some that's some shitty eighties, nineties action horror sci fi. I'm into the universal classics, hammer horror. You know, you ask me what Nosferatu is uh, Nos- Nosferatu is, I can tell you Max von Schreck has something to do with it. You may not have any idea who the hell that is. All I know is that movie is from 1920-something, and I love it because it's one of the, it was vampires before we got all these damn wusses that sparkle in the damn sunlight, man. I don't know what the hell, anyway, that's, another, that's a whole different situation. But Don't get me started on Twilight. I can I'm, talk about that book all day long. Oh, man, 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 man. It, it, it was is, a really, really bad series. Yeah, tell me about it. And I remember and when vampires would, like, just, like, you know, actually, like, you know, before they just started looking like normal people, and mm-hmm. obviously long before they started to glitter, their faces would contort into these, like, horrific, um, grotesque features. Or sometimes they would just turn into huge bats like Dracula. Yeah. I mean, I find I find the Twilight vampires to be, you know... Bullshit. Right, and the way I look at it is this: you know, when I go to the movies, when I used to, when you know, I don't know if you, if, if there are any kids or teenagers or people twenty and younger listening to the show, but there used to be, you know, buildings where you go and you can rent movies, you know, DVDs and stuff. There was a place there called Blockbuster. There's still, there's still Blockbusters. I, I just went to Blockbuster. A few of them. 
Blockbuster, Video Warehouse, and you walk, especially if you walk down the black section, and you'll see all these these movies, you know, uh, um, in the black movie section, and they're all straight to DVD movies that are almost carbon copies of each other. They have some some COD list uh, black actor that you might have saw on one sitcom ten years ago, or it might be you know uh, um, you know a one comedian who really isn't all that funny anyway. But somebody decided that uh, uh, um, uh, um, um, to, to throw this guy into a movie, you know, and you know I can name a slew of them, and they're all most of them are terrible. But a lot of them, majority of them, were religiously oriented, especially especially after Tyler Perry got big. You start seeing a lot more of these movies that were just one of the most basic, boring stories ever, but it has something to do with religion, so maybe you're supposed to watch it. And I can't fault well, Tyler it isn't, Perry. It isn't that. It, I really don't believe that it's the religion that made the, the, the book, the, the plays and movies so good. Because if you really watch a Tyler Perry movie, there's so many religious references. But mm-hmm. though that religious undertone is very common in Black Southern households. Yeah. What you and you there are a, there are a couple church scenes in every movie. However, there isn't anyone actually praying. Um, I mean, until things go very very bad, mm-hmm. and um, it, there is no like there's no focus on strengthening your relationship with Jesus or reading the Bible. I mean, Medea is a gun-toting grandma. Just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I just find find it hard to take somebody seriously who fires off a submachine gun in their own house and then is later supposed to be the moral focal point of the old movie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, I th- you know, I can't really fault Tyler Perry for being a good businessman, for finding a niche, sticking to it, and milking the shit out of it. I mean, you know, I'm, right I'm, now, I'm, when I, I get up... I agree with that. Terrible director, but great businessman. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I get up and go to, to a, go to a job that I fucking hate every morning. This morning, I got up at one thirty. okay, so I could drive this dang truck, okay? So if you can find something that that not only makes money but people is well received by the audience you're aiming for, I can't hate, hate on you for that. I mean, who can, you know? That still doesn't mean I'm not going to critique the shit out of it and find the fact that you have pretty much made 10, 10 of the same movies with the same people. That's the thing. You've seen one Tyler Perry movie, you've seen them all. But, you know, I'm not even going to hold that against him because it's the same with Scream, Scary Movie, Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if hey, you something don't, that don't, works, run with it. Just run with it. Mm. Hey, don't, 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 don't hate on um, Fast and Furious, man. Because I'm telling you, Michelle Rodriguez. Get over here! Tell me about it. <laughs> okay, I know how everyone feels about Michelle Rodriguez. She's lovely. She's beautiful, but that's all it is. Pretty people in fast cars. It's not that deep. And yes, I'm probably gonna go watch it tonight. Don't judge me. The most hilarious thing about that is people who actually think they can do that shit. I saw all those crackers that bills come out of nowhere after uh, Fast and Furious got big. You know, and just you know, big ass, you know, a big ass fiber. You know, it's pretty much a, a small, mid-sized car with a, made of fiberglass. 
and you put a gigantic, ridiculous spoiler on the back of a front-wheel drive car. So, you know, obviously, I, I don't think it really helps all that much. But, hey, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, um, with, like I said, with Tyler Perry's movies, you've seen them, you've seen one of them, you've seen them all. I think what all really them. keeps his his movies going is that focus on the matriarch. And honestly, I'm not sure if that's such a good thing because there's always um, there's always family dysfunction, and it involves deep, deep, deeply hidden and long-kept family secrets and single motherhood, and then the matriarch reels everything in. I feel like his movies, in a lot, a lot of ways, try to downplay the need for um, a man in the household or um, try to distance themselves from the idea of, um, you know, a man being a provider. Now, and I, I don't want to be attacked by anyone who's thinking that I, I'm saying that this is necessary. I'm just saying I think his movies promote um, that idea way too heavily of the man always being the the agitator and the oppressor of the woman. Because every time something happens in a Madea movie, it's some dude acting up and um, some woman's been done wrong by some man. I think they're only... Um, the only exception to the rule is the last one he made, Temptation, um, which is the, I think the diary of the the marriage counsel marriage counselor or something. There's actually a Boondocks episode, the pause episode, which um, features a character named Winston Jerome, who's obviously supposed to be Tyler Perry, and um, it he pretty oh, much yeah, sums that up. Was great. Do, do you remember the summary? He said every Winston yeah. Jerome film goes like this. You have the bald, dark-skinned, um, um, black dude from Law and & Order, and he <laughs> says, I'm going to marry this white hussy because you are too virtuous and strong and might make me a better man. And, and you know, he leaves her for the white woman, and then she's all, she's all stressed out. And then enter poor, shirtless, light-skinned gardener. And he's like, can I rake your leaves? And, you know, later they end up falling in love, and he's like, you know, I know to you, I'm just a poor light-skinned gardener who can't even afford a shirt, but I love me some Jesus and I love me some you, and they get married. Yeah, <laughs> I heard he got pissed about that episode too. He did. He fired everyone, pretty much everyone that worked with him, like his staff, not his cast. But yeah, there were a lot of people laid off over that. Um, it was just very suspect the aftermath of that. I really think that if he just had just ridden with it. If he had just ridden with it and, like, you know, not addressed it, it probably would have died. Yeah. But he didn't do that. So, um, you know, I mean, I, Tyler Perry's not the only one who does this, though. He really no, isn't. No, no. Um, I've seen way more Jesus-fied, Jesus-y, um, you know, television programming than what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 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 there's a uh, somebody else who uh, does a lot of the, <clears throat> does a lot of those little movies and stuff. Um, Pierre Lamar or something, you know, he pretty much sticks to the same thing as well. Um, uh, I saw a couple Bill Duke, you know, Bill Duke. Uh, y'all probably don't remember Bill Duke, but Bill oh, Duke is a <clears throat> tall, yeah, yeah, dark, 
and he, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the most attractive men you'll ever see. <laughs> I have no clue who that is. Oh, did you ever see uh, Predator? What? Did you ever see Predator? Nope. You didn't see Predator? No, I didn't. Oh, man, shit. I can't imagine um, Mario's, like, face right now when I said I did not see Predator, but I have not seen Predator, no. He's the guy that went ape shit and started shaving himself, even though he wasn't actually shaving while he was in the jungle, and it was hot as hell, and he was sweating, and then later got shot in the forehead by an alien plasma rifle. Um, you're saying that like I saw Predator when I just said I never saw Predator. <laughs> oh, man. That, that sucks, man. Finish her. But you know who we you need know. to talk about if we're talking about religion and entertainment? The one and only Mr. Steve Harvey. Oh, well, I, I don't like him at all. <laughs> well, I, I Nobody like likes Steve Harvey. I, somebody in a group that I'm in posted a damn clip, I mean, a photo of this son bitch shirtless and oiled up with a big-ass Kool-Aid grin and that porn star, oh, I saw that photo. porn star mustache, and it's like, good grief. You know what, the scariest and, thing about Steve is the size of his teeth. Yeah, man, that I'm guy sorry. I'm, 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 bricks, I'm terrified man. by them. Yeah, that guy can bite through some <laughs> bricks, man, seriously. Yeah. You know, oh, good mm. grief. We got um, another call on the line. Let's Yay. see what's going to happen. All right, um, 404. <laughs> Talk to us. Yeah, it's killing it with that uh, little sound effect. This is Eric Alden. Um, Hi, Eric. How you guys doing? Hey. Hi. All right. What's up, Water? Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, go back to the 10 Tebow and, um, you know, the phenomenon that kind of sweeping sports, or at least football anyway, for a while. But <clears throat> back in my day, I don't know if I'm telling my age here, but there was a guy named Barry Sanders. And um, what he would do, he would just get down on one knee. He wouldn't, you know, get his face all painted up with scripture and all that stuff. But it was commonly known that he was praying every time he scored a touchdown. That was his ritual. And so <clears throat> because so he was he stopped bit, in the middle of the game to <clears throat> do a full-blown prayer? Well, after he scored a touchdown, it was a celebration. You know, people do the dance. Some people, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever they do, he just take a knee and, and, you know, do a quick prayer. Um, assume that that was what he was doing, you know, when you put your head yeah. down. But um, but because he was a, a very phenomenal athlete, you know, Tim Tebow never really took off his athletic career, but, you know, Barry Sanders was a Hall of Famer. I mean, this is somebody that people actually cared what he did, you know. So, and, and I was an impressed school kid. You know, at high school, I'm sitting there watching this guy. He was, you know, pretty much my... I, I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He was, um, you know, somebody I would look up to. Now, in the I played football as well. So, given the I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. You made a, a reference to how people the, the players would be kind of directed towards winning the game, and typically that's not the case when the team huddles up and they you know do their little ritual prayer. Uh, it's just more based on you know. People not getting hurt, you know, good fortune. I mean, let's face it, there's luck involved in the game. The ball bounces, the wind blows, and and sometimes, you know, you, you just kind of assert that to whatever you feel is a higher power or just, you know, a, a, a you know, flick of the wrist. But the bottom line is, you know, whether you believe or not, 
you're still going to actually hope for a good fortune, and it's something that you can't control. So that's their, um, you know, taking a Well, more important than hoping as well is what, no matter how hard you believe, I'm pretty sure this man, no matter how strongly he believed, still went to training camp. He still went to practices every single day. Oh, absolutely. And that's why he was such a great athlete. Exactly. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying this is how the uh, it's kind of like a um, politically correct procedure would take place. I mean, it's just a you know formality, a, a kind of a ritual that you know you go and you shake you know hands afterwards. You don't you know have to you know it's just sportsmanship. Um, the team comes together and and you know there's a little prayer and then we say okay everybody's still healthy here. No one you know got critically injured or uh, you know whether you want or not you still kind of you know, walk away and do your do all those things. But in the in the moment of that prayer, you know, either you're like deeply into it, like your own thoughts, and you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm actually praying to a God. But with me, it was more like, shit. I just, you know, hopefully I do. You know, what I'm saying, come out of here on unscathed, and and I mean, we do want to win. But you know, I I never really felt that I was actually praying to something personal. I was just thinking, shit. You know, my I already got a an old, you know, hamstring injury I'm trying to, you know, recuperate from. Hopefully they don't come back on me. I mean, it's just, you know, one of those good fortune things. So um, I think that kind of takes the, you know, the preface of, of the prayer and makes it a little bit more legitimate. But then from the outside, you know, atheists look on there and say, oh, yeah, all they're doing is just praying, you know, they can win the game and all that. And that's probably not so much the case. You, you bring up an interesting point where people just do, where you think they're, like, so emotionally or spiritually involved, but really they're just performing their or their routine or their ritual mm-hmm. um, out of superstition or familiarity. I'm sorry, I missed that. I said you bring up an interesting point where an atheist might see someone praying like this at a game or giving props to God after a, a touchdown and think this person is so religious or spiritually involved when really they're just performing their ritual, their routine. This is something right. done out of familiarity or because of superstition, not necessarily because they believe. Is that what you're saying? Well, particularly for young people who haven't invested a, a great deal of time with truth about life. You know, that was my case. I wasn't raised religious. But because there's this great unknown, I mean, really, we're not, you know, technically atheists. We're, we're agnostic. You know, there's no way we could actually know whether it's you know, superior being out there, but the bottom line is you were more so agnostic when you were younger because you didn't really have any research on the matter. You really were just going with, you know, whatever else everybody else told you so or, you know, what society. I actually do refer to myself as atheist, though. Right, but, I mean, you know, technically no one can actually know for sure, so um, until you're dead, but obviously that's, you know, a whole different matter. But that's a whole different, you know, I'm going to get off on that topic. I'm just saying, as an impressionable young child uh, who who does look up to, you know, greater athletes who are, you know, in this particular ritual and, you know, the coaches there and all your teammates and, you know, people you would consider friends, you know, they're partaking in it. And it would just be sort of, you know, like disrespectful. You don't want to be an outsider. So, you you know, sure, you hold hands and you gather in and, and you know, you want to make people feel uncomfortable with your non-belief. So you just kind of, I just kind of kept quiet about it. And so you, it's kind of like get into fit in. Like I'll just go along with this because my team is doing it. So it's it's I don't see the harm, right? Right, exactly. And it wasn't like it was a different era. You know, there wasn't so much of a a backlash for um, you know someone you know actually saying a, a prayer or, or whatnot. But now there's you know 
issue. I mean, there's definitely more of an outcry when somebody you know tries to introduce uh, you know inappropriate things into a public, or not a public, but a uh, you know school setting. Um, now, that being said, when I did get older, well, I went to college. Now, this is a totally different scenario. My college coach tried to, he told us that we needed to go to church. And I said, whoa, what are you talking about? We, he said it was mandatory. He's like, you know, if you don't go to church, well, you know, um, uh, you know, this is what I'm mandating. You don't go. I'm like, well, what kind of consequences? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to a church. I just told him straight up, you know, I don't, I don't go to church. So, um, you know, he said, well, I don't care if you believe or not. Just, just go to For him, it was just a moral aspect of staying out of trouble, you know, uh, gaining some foothold with your, you know, integrity and, and, you know, instead of doing something all night, Saturday night and, and you know, getting in trouble, you know, at least you have to look forward to getting up Sunday morning and, and, and maybe that will reel you back from doing something, you know, a little bit more outrageous. I was actually so, going to bring that up. I was like, you know, if he really wants to keep you guys out of trouble, he would have said, he would have told you, um, to convert and become a Seventh-day Adventist and go to church. That way you would be in church on Saturday night mm-hmm. Saturday and out of the party. Problem. Yeah, that's a problem because we play our game Saturday. So, um, uh-huh. you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is he technically didn't care, you know, what our religion was. And he just <clears> wanted <throat> to, you know, try to do something that was associated with, quote, unquote, you know, good behavior. But, you know, when I tried to introduce him to the, just the common sense aspect of it. Look, I, I might be more bad people in church than, than good. You know what I'm saying? It means nothing to go to church. But it was kind of useless arguing with the head coach, and it was like, what I say goes. So um, later on, he suffered a lawsuit, you know, because of that. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is there's probably a little bit more innocent reasons for why they do, you know, partake in these rituals and, and you know, do it uh, from a team concept. But, on that note, I want to I I put out a public service announcement to all the coaches that may be listening. God is not worth getting sued over. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's exactly. a thing to that, you know what I mean? Um, and, and trust me, there's, there's probably, uh, well, I'm, I'm in the South now, so every time I see a coach, you know, they, they really are, uh, you know, going to hold out God but I, I grew up in California. There's definitely, you know, a lot more liberal, you know, mentalities. I mean, that must be very, very different to have been raised in such a liberal environment and then come to the South, which is very, very religious and and repressive at times. It's, it's yeah. Exactly. You're right about yeah. that. <clears throat> I mean, Mario, you and me sound effects, I swear. <laughs> I swear to the mm-hmm. fine spaghetti monster, I'm going to... Wrap some noodles around your neck and pull. <laughs> but um, you know, I I grew up in South Florida, still live here, um, and it's kind of like another country because as soon as I travel like a hundred miles north, it's like I feel like I'm like I'm in a different world. Um, yep. You know, I took a road trip um last summer, a very short one, and I was driving through North Florida. All I saw were anti-Obama and anti-abortion posters. I think the most sickening one I saw was um, um, a fetus saying, "I love you, mom. How come you don't love me?" And oh yeah, yeah, it yeah, was like yeah, this yeah. A big, this huge emotional ploy. Mm, 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 mm. 
Yeah, that 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 was I saw that one and um yeah, I had to drive down to Orlando this year and I'm just looking at all these billboards that are just super super religious. And you know what tracks me up, especially around Atlanta, is um Your clothes. Give them to me. Now. Yeah. No. When you're riding around, when you're in Atlanta and you um you see all these billboards for this church and it'd be a black church and it'd be a nine ten of ten, it'll be a couple on the billboard, almost as big as the name of the church. Say, you know, and to me, they're saying like, "Hey, yo, we're here at this church. Why don't you come to this church and see us and everything?" I don't know. I mean, it, it cracks me up because you know, especially when I'm looking at entertainment, I look at BET and stuff. I see all, even if religion is not implicitly implied in. The storyline or the narrative of the show, you can see its influence and the way that they handle things, the way they deal with things. There was one show, and I can't remember the name of it, where it had Richard T. Um, is Nelson, Richard Nelson, or something like that. Um, he was on. He uh, he was also on uh, Terminator Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I'm sure you haven't seen. But anyway, it's, um, I have actually. I have. I have. Okay, so he was the black dude because it was like only one. Okay, so and um, he um, he was dating somebody, and um, he met her parents, and that was when you know because they all had awesome ass dude. You know, man, I love this guy. This dude is off off the chain, man. Um, Keith David, and uh, he was the girl's father, and so the guy told her, said that he was an atheist, and apparently that was the first time that he that she had ever learned that he was an atheist. And so that was the same show. Yeah, that was uh uh more Yeah, they interrogated the dude like he had done something wrong, man. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. I can go with that. You know, I think <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. I just think I mean, cause, you know, people act like, you know, especially among black people that, you know, there's something deficient in you because you don't believe in God and everything. So when I'm saying that, no, I don't want to see a, go to a Tyler Perry play. I don't need to have a gospel gospel uh, um, revival in my damn play and everything. No, I don't want to go see the your little ridiculous religious uh, relationship stage play, which I'm sure is going to have a lot of religion in it. And I've been invited to a lot of them. I never go. I'm not going to enjoy myself. That stuff is crap to me. And you know, um, and no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come to your, um, your little, uh, 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 um, uh, um, gathering or whatever. Especially when I know I'm gonna only be the only one there doing prayer, rolling my damn eyes, or just looking around. And I can't believe these people still falling through this shit. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, um, what I've noticed, in, not just in entertainment, but in everyday life for black people. Um, I see a lot among the Hispanic community, too, where you don't really need to read the Bible. You don't need to talk about God all the time. You can yeah. go clubbing. You can sleep mm-hmm. around. You can have several children with several mothers or fathers, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. As long as you don't say you don't believe, because then we have a problem. That's right. right. Exactly. Not only do you not need to know the Bible, you don't have to know shit, period, because they really just they use that as their excuse not to actually know science. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a sinner, right? Only God can judge me. We're all sinners. Only God knows my heart. Everyone knows those lines. But ask them to to just tell you a line from the Bible, and they can't. I had a conversation with a guy. uh, He was a Jehovah Witness, and I didn't know know, what it was, his denomination. But I just know he kept talking about he he wanted to help some guy, you know, a friend of his, you know. He kept saying, yeah, I'm going to buy a pair of shoes or something. I said, okay, that's good. And he's like, yeah, because God and, and God this and God that, and you know God is, and I'm and he's like, uh, and I, you know, I just didn't respond initially, but he's like, um, he's like you, you know that, right? You know, God is, uh, is, is you know, going to give you blessings for that. I said, really, you, you really believe that you know you're going to get treated better because you did something, you know, good to somebody else, and it's not going to come from you know us, like literally our decision to make something better for you. Yeah, you know, I said, okay, so you're telling me that, you know, we were born sinners. You really believe that? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, Adam and Eve and all that stuff. So I said, look, man, um, this is going to take too long of a conversation for me. But, no, I'm not a believer, you know, and I think that's pretty ridiculous that you think that I was born, you know, the moment I came from my you know, mother, a sinner. Like, I did something wrong. I said, I, exactly. That's the stupidest thing I've ever right. Well, well you- it is. It is. It makes you dependent. That's, that's, the, that's the dependency that they want you to have. You know, oh, yeah. I remember, there was a meme I saw recently. It was pretty good. I think um, Eric Mario and I, we've seen that meme that says, you know, um, Christianity is that religion where God sacrificed himself to self in order to forgive us. But this meme that I saw the other day is not <coughs> only a lot funnier, but it actually was more um, thought-provoking. And it was saying, you know, um, we um, need to pray to God to forgive us for something we didn't do because he sent his son here to die for something he didn't do. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that whole thing just makes me feel Something like, stinks uh, like stale french fries. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's an amazing idea that, from the jump, you are born deficient. To me, if something comes out the gate, you know, like a like when you see um, Ford or somebody have a recall on the, on their cars because it's deficient, you fucked up. If it mm-hmm. comes out the gate fucked up, you fucked it up because you made it, you designed it, you built it. That's your fault. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm-hmm. if I'm a child, I man, how can you? How can you already go ahead and tell a child that they're screwed up from the beginning? And then, you know, and then everything in society is geared towards telling you, especially in your community and everything. And I don't want to be the person that said that only black people have problems with religion because I'm a, I'm a delivery driver in middle Georgia. I see the influence of religion all over this place. And let me tell you, it is thick. It is very thick. My point of view is, you know, I don't like it. I find it all to be pretty much. Bullshit. But yeah. what can I say? What can I do? I, I got to deliver to these people. And so I'm and Virginia too. And sh- yeah. And Virginia too. And so, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about that. And, yeah. you know, and everything in your your local society is telling you how imperfect you are and how you got to continuously earn and ask forgiveness and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. You're supposed to pray pray for the people you love, pray for yourself, pray for forgiveness, pray for guidance, pray for traveling grace because you can't get from point A to point B 
you know, without praying for supernatural protection from whatever is out there that's designed, that's supposed to destroy you, kill you, or whatever and everything. Um, and then everything you watch on BET, the entire day of Sunday is devoted to nothing but worship. When you turn on the yeah. black radio station, one of the, even during, even in the morning, you can't have talk radio without having a mor- morning inspirational vitamin or some shit like that. And mm-hmm. it all, you know, it, you know, and then you turn on your, most of your movies are geared, the primary movies that are selling in your society and by, in your people, by your people, are these movies that are geared towards religious themes, even if they don't explicitly say it, it there's a religious theme, there's an underlying religious theme in there and stuff like that. Me, I need to see some fucking aliens or fighting or something like that. I need to see some stuff going down because, to me, I'm watching a movie to be entertained. I'm not watching a movie to learn anything. Who watches a movie to learn anything? I mean, that is incredible. I mean, you know, if you want to learn something, watch a documentary. Do not watch Loose Change. Don't watch this shit. It's bullshit, all right? plenty of life lessons in general that you could, you know, just learn from a movie or how to deal with the relationships or whatnot. But I think it's just insulting altogether that someone would would feel the, the, you know, that they would have the gall, you know, to tell another person, listen, um, if, you know, you really don't, you, if you really don't subscribe to this ideology that we have, uh, you know, you're going to go to hell. I mean, don't you want to, don't you just not want to go to hell, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's the most insulting thing about it is like, I mean, are you, I, I have to kind of prod them, you know what I'm saying? What, what are you telling me if I don't believe you? You're telling me that I'm going to hell? And they immediately, oh, I, you know, the, the more. Uh, that's a problem for me as well. I mean, if that is your last straw, that's yeah. the la- that's the, how you can win me over by telling me, aren't you terrified? Just believe yeah. so that you can have peace of mind. I mean, there's something truly wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. like telling a woman who is being abused by her husband, you know, aren't you tired of the bruises and broken bones? Just do what he wants. Stop making him so angry, and he won't punish you. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that uh, says God loves you so much that He created hell just in case you don't believe in Him. No. Right? <laughs> but yeah. I love you so much, babe. Flawless victory. I mean, ridiculous. You know, um, I love that whole idea. You know, let's just, you know, I even asked somebody, I, I felt the need, I felt compelled to say this. I'm like, um, God is the one who has the power to create everything, right? He created the universe, He created the angels, He created humans, He created animals. And then the guy, one of the guys he created gets pissed off at him and decides to leave. But angels don't have the power to create anything. How do you think, who do you think constructed hell? I mean, he yeah. had to at least be the, you know, the contractor on that whole design well, project. Most of them that I, you know, talk to, they don't, they don't balk at any of the notions that God didn't create hell. It's just they don't care, you know what I'm saying? They All they do is latch on to the idea that they're going you know, it's a nice little place after life. And that's the only thing they care about. They don't give a damn what it says in the Bible. All they believe is that this is what's going to happen. And then eventually they kind of, you know, are shaking hands with people who do start telling a bunch of damning things about, you know, people in society and whatnot. I'm really glad that you guys brought up Satan, too, because what I've been noticing for the past few years, especially with black entertainers, is 
a league of Illuminati conspiracy theorists every time they oh, see yeah. a successful black person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, time, every single time they see a successful black person, they are in the Illuminati. They worship the devil. And I really feel like it's part of that plus religious ideology that makes some black people so complacent. Like, you know, that person didn't get to where they are by hard work or anything, by connections, networking, um, anything like that. No, they got that. They got there because they prayed to the devil or sacrificed to the devil. So now right, I right. have an excuse not to work and not to be proactive in my own life because obviously success, especially when you're black, can only come from devil worship. Especially mm-hmm. if that person dies an untimely death or something like that. You know, it's like well, the Illuminati, you know, you look how they did this and look how they did that and everything. I'm like, yeah, I mean, because obviously the most important target of a super secret organization is somebody who is implicit, implicitly implying that they are part of the organization on, you know, to the world, to everybody in sundry. And, you know, if this, if Whitney Houston is a part of the Illuminati, my name is uh, is, is Elma Foote. I mean, because I yeah. find that to be the most ridiculous idea ever. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, we anyone are... who ever heard the woman sing wouldn't say that. She mm-hmm. didn't need the devil. She didn't need. She didn't need the church. She had one of those the... once in a, once in a one in a billion voices and vocal ranges. And on top of that, she was incredibly beautiful even after the crack. So, um, yeah. you know, it wasn't going to be hard for a woman like Whitney Houston to have a successful career. It w- it just wasn't. Um, okay, you know, hold when you on. have we that got... sort of talent, it, it gets noticed. All right, we got another call online. It's uh, going to be uh, 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 seven seven three. Who the hell are you? Um, hi, my name is Cheryl, and I uh-huh. just I'd like to add something to that. So that's who the hell I am. Uh, Okay, wanted to add something to the um, comments concerning um, black people and not black people, but even rational people buying into conspiracy theories. I have an article that I located from the New York Times, and in it um, there were a couple studies, um, you know, and some conversation being had with uh, a couple of psychology professors and what they did was a kind of a, I guess they did, I'm I'm looking for the boundaries of the study or the uh, parameters of the study they did, but essentially what it shakes down to is that um, causation doesn't mean, cor- I mean, correlation doesn't mean causation, of course, but there have been some instances where um, they found that belief in conspiracy theories is strongest in people who might perhaps have self-esteem problems and problems of feeling powerlessness. So in that regard, um, if people who are conspiracy theorists, um, if there's anything to this, I think their belief in conspiracy theories uh, is part and parcel and resident of a wider problem of feeling helpless and not being able to control anything of what's going on and I think that is a kind of a learned helplessness because of the popularity of all of these um, theories swirling around. So I think that's kind of something worth probably considering in the conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. Yeah, um, I, you know, I'm really glad you brought up that point. That was, I'm really, really glad you brought up that point because, um, you know, it's like I was saying before about these, about how this sort of mentality feeds complacency. Because if you believe that someone got to where they are because of the devil, then it's just easy for you to say, well, I'm too religious to go that route, but since that's the only way I can better myself, then I'll just stay right here in this static um, you know, not moving forward, not moving back, not really accomplishing all the things that I want to accomplish and just sit at home hating on everyone else who's doing something with their lives. Yeah, it's also like a social take on it with that because uh, I think people, I remember reading, um, it was about four or five years ago, there was a comment somebody made about having self-reflection on people who are um, like this Illuminati aspect of uh, entertainers. And um, you, we are at some point in our lives, undoubtedly complicit in some sort of wrongdoing. And so we relate automatically to what it, what we would do in order to succeed, you know, if we could, without being caught. And that's how okay. we kind of conjure up this, you know, notion that, well, they must have done something, you know, that they weren't supposed to do either. I mean, they're sure they're part of the Illuminati, you know. But go mm-hmm. ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, what sort of uh, wrongdoing are you are you saying? You're not talking about original sin. I know you're I not talking means, about that. I think what he means complicit, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but when you say um, complicit in some sort of wrongdoing, it could be something so simple or what we see so simple as seeing wrong being done and not speaking out about it or not calling it out. Sure. It could be could be anything such as just telling a lie or, like she's, you know, Emily said, uh, it's you know, understanding something that happened and not, you know, doing the right thing. You know, it's nothing, you don't have to kill anybody or anything like that. I'm just saying you, you obviously are aware of something that shouldn't have happened, you know, and you didn't do anything mm-hmm. to stop it or you might have actually took you know, place in it or a part of it. Yeah, it's easy to say, well, they're richer than I am. They have a better life than I do, so they must be a worse person than I am and have done something worse than I ever did in order to get where they are. And what could be worse than worshiping the devil? So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. We all know that. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of of dirty, you know, uh, stories that you know we can go back on athletes and, and entertainers all together. You know, whether they, you know, tore up a hotel room or they, you know, uh, smoked all their money away. You know, the crack <clears throat> whatever they did. But we can also say that from a spiritual standpoint, well, they must have sold their soul to the devil. I mean, to get where they are, they're still a bad person. You know, that's why they can't handle their riches. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, this is what I, this is what okay. I always I, say to people, too, is let's say, um, let's for Jay-Z, for instance, because he's always the one, and that's always the name in people's mouths. Let's say the devil is real and Jay-Z does worship him. All that proves is that Satan actually answers prayers. <laughs> That actually makes, hey, makes a lot of damn sense. Yeah. Hey, listen, I just kind of want to go back to something real quick. Uh, when I first clicked in, uh, who was that that actually asked me who the hell I was? Who was that, please? Oh, that was a sound that clip. That was Mario's Mario horrible TV. sound clip. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh. Mm. Well, I'm All sorry right. if you were offended. I don't like it either. Hint, hint, Mario. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, just uh, just want to just want to find out because, you know, when somebody else does actually want to be a part of the conversation, 
I don't know if that's a really good thing to um, play as, as you know, as an entrance. And I, I, I well, for one, you know, suggest um, way, that you're probably... The way I kind of look at it is this, you know, um, if you have a sense of humor, you'll get it. If you hear the voice, you'll get it. If you don't, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, we're okay. all here shooting the shit and having fun and talking. I mean, none of this is supposed to be all extra serious. It's supposed to pretty much be a roundtable discussion amongst people, um, friends, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And if somebody calls, First time you know, I heard I mean, it, that's all. That's the first time yeah. I heard it. That's yeah. the very yeah. first time that I've heard it on in in you know, when I clicked in on any conversation. That's all. So we can move on. Yeah, thank you so much for your input. Um, great commentary, honestly. Um, you brought up some points that I had not um I had not given thought to before. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um moving on moving right along though. Um sure. That was um that was something that I found to be uh, uh complete Bullshit. You know, it was called <laughs> it was the um it's the whole idea that uh uh there's a conspiracy by the, uh, uh um by Hollywood or whoever the powers that be also known as quote unquote the enemy to uh um emasculate the black man. Mm-hmm. Which I thought to be the most ridiculous idea because you have you have a few movies. You have Juana Man, if anybody watched that. Uh you got yeah. Martin's little ridiculous little movies and everything. You had a And of course he uh, played Shimmy for years on the Martin show. Right. And so apparently some people feel that these few entertainers who have dressed up as women a few times, you know, are contributing to some type of mass conspiracy to make black men more feminine. To me, this is the most ridiculous pinky-in-the-brain conspiracy I've ever heard because it all it relies on the fact is if you watch these movies. And if you don't watch these movies, you don't have anything to worry about, right? Yeah, or but the point I'm trying to make is that the average black person does watch movies with a majority black or all-black cast. And they're trying to make the black man look bad to the black public. Um, the problem that I have with it is not so much that it's not true, because a lot of the most popular um, well and well-known black actors and comedians have either worn a dress or um, played a homosexual. So my issue is not with it not being true. It's, so what if it is true, what's wrong with a man wearing a dress or being gay for a role? My thing is this, comedy is comedy. Comedy is going to be funny. It's supposed to be funny. If you get the joke, oh, well. If you don't get the joke, then maybe you don't have a funny bone or that particular comedy, comedy didn't speak to you. I laughed at um, um, The Hangover 1. I didn't really like Hangover 2. You know, I like, you know, uh, Bill and Ted's and stuff like that. I even, you know, like a lot of inappropriate stuff, uh, um, geek culture and stuff like that. I mean, I get into a lot of stuff. A lot of times the jokes don't work for me, especially in, in, in black movies. A lot of times the jokes don't work for me, but I don't think, you know, I'm not sitting there thinking, you know, there's some type of worldwide conspiracy by some evil organization to turn the black man into a woman. That's crazy. It's just too evil to be believed. Yeah. In, well, I mean, think about there are black actors who refuse to put on the dress. You mm-hmm. know, and and Dave Chappelle uh, was one of them. <clears throat> and Dave I'm sorry? Chappelle also. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle refused to put on a dress, them. but right. Dave Chappelle, 
put on a refused to put on the dress, but didn't have a problem playing a crackhead. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. that always that always, but, always this is as I'm talking about. It's not that it's not true that so many successful um, black actors and pretty much every black comedian has worn a dress or portrayed someone who's gay. Right. My problem is, what's wrong with that? How is that worse than you playing a crackhead? I mean, it's like, yeah, exactly. Acting. All it is is acting. That's right. all it is. I used to be crazy about Flip Wilson. Do y'all remember? Flip oh, Wilson? gosh, yeah, sure. Oh, I, I used to laugh. that is. I think I'm showing my age right now. Yeah, the church of what's happening now, yeah. Yeah, Geraldine, yeah. Yeah, I think what you said this year on on the acting, I mean, you know, if you can't just know automatically, I'm watching the movie, so none of this is real anyway. I mean, unless it tells you that it's a documentary or, or, you know, something that alludes to a real-life story, I mean, why would anybody take some serious connotation from it? Who cares? You know, if you don't want to watch the movie, don't watch the damn movie. You know, why are you sitting there criticizing something that somebody's acting? They're mm-hmm. going to act. And maybe it's David Snow, I don't know anything about his personal decision to not, you know, get in a dress. But maybe he would have been a shitty actress or, you know, a person acting as a woman. You know, maybe he just didn't feel confident in that role. Maybe he thought he was a great crackhead. And that's on him. I don't know. But exactly. Exactly. I mean, besides the men mm-hmm. being in a dress, which a lot of other people, like, you know, obviously the audience, they really have a problem with it. I mean, look at Tyler Perry. He's made millions off of being a woman in a dress. And to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest, I feel that his acting is much better when he's playing Medea than when he's playing any male role. Well, that's just yeah. me. Yeah. Um, well, he, he might have been born to that role, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would, like, I would like to see a woman play a man. They do whatever. Well, there was, they don't have to act. Well, there through, was, you know? There was one I mean. actress. There was one actress who played a transgender man um, in, on the series The L Word, and that's. And I remember Hilary Swank also played a transgender um, young man in Boys mm-hmm. Don't Cry, and right. was stunning in that role. And it was so amazing because at, when her character spoke, you felt like she felt, which was that, or you felt like she felt, which is that I was born in the wrong body. You know, there were so many offhand comments made in that movie when she would speak to her cousin. Like, um, he said something about, you know, um, you know, growing up and career, and she just said very casually, oh, I'm going to be an old man by the time that happens. Understand, so for everyone where she grew up, she was just the girl in boys' clothing. Mm-hmm. But she felt like a man and lived her life like a man. And 30 minutes into the movie, you believe it. You see it that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, um, it really didn't hurt her bone structure either. If anyone knows what Hillary Swank looks like, she's got that very strong bone structure. They cut her hair. She looked exactly like any 19- or 20-year-old boy out there. Um, you know, and she played the role uh, beautifully. I'm kind of Angelina wondering, Jolie, though. I'm just, oh, go ahead. Angelina Jolie also played a man in um, Salt, although she kind of looked like uh, Al Pacino from Scarface somehow. I don't know how they pulled that off. She did not. She did not play a man in salt. She did play a man in salt. Toward the end of that movie, she dressed up as a dude to get into the on um, the White House, which I thought was completely. She was a spy in costume. <laughs> I don't think that counts. <laughs> she played a man. I mean, it still counts because she was dressed up as a dude, you know, which was the most okay, unbelievable dude. I wonder. I kind of wonder how how um what what that's kind of saying in terms of. How the how our culture in general, or how how culture 
how uncomfortable we you know how how uncomfortable we are as a group about sexual stereotyping or like i'm I'm trying to pull this thought together, but how comfortable we how comfortable are people with the idea that um both sexes can be either or can play either i mean that kind of speaks to something sort of more elemental, and I'm trying to put the, put the thought together, but it comes from way far down inside of us, whether it's just something that immediately is triggered like, that is absolutely unnatural and wrong, you know? And I'm kind of wondering where that comes from, where where, the, where that thought comes from. It's almost the same as, uh, from the you know, Bible. Black, it comes you know, from there's the Bible. a lot of white people who have never seen a black person before. Mm-hmm. It's just, just familiarity. You know, yeah. Of course, they're not going to be, you know, some of them may have just understood the nature of humanity and, and you know, their personality just want, you know, to shake hands with everybody. But when, mm-hmm. you, when you come across somebody that you're familiar with, you know, you kind of give a pause and hesitate, you know, use curiosity, sure. but, you know, mm-hmm. you, should, you certainly might have a fear about it, you know. And yeah. Especially if society is already kind of, you know, if you're religious and it's telling you, you know, what's already wrong I guess I'm trying to sort of speak to the idea of how comfortable are we um, with traditional male and female roles, maybe? Um, You know, because that definitely says... I think in this day and age, a little bit too comfortable, though not as much as before, very Mm -hmm. set in those roles. Um, You know, and I'm getting back now to the topic of this being portrayed in the media as well. Like I said, for a lot of black people, it wasn't a big deal to see a black man in a dress. But when Will Smith did the movie um, Six Degrees of Separation, where he played a young man who was gay, all mm-hmm. of a sudden everybody had something to say about that. Right, right, um, right. So well, he, he dressed like a man. He he dressed like a man in, in, in every respect. And, and he wasn't effeminate at all in that role. But all of a sudden... It's a problem because he is he is in a relationship with a man, the character that he played. But I mean, you can have a man that just and be effeminate and nobody cares. So right. it's it's not just the gender roles, but the hypocrisy around it too that is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the, the way I look at it. I mean, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but the you know, the men you know, we can talk about other aspects of the of, of the industry because men don't typically get seen in the new, you know, fashion is half as much as women are, you know, that's, that's just a, a common inconvenience, you know, something that people aren't prepared, you know, men don't want to see other men naked, you know what I mean, but women are supposed to just, you know, accept the fact that there's women nude in, you know, tons of films, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really from a male uh, kind of a perspective how we're looking through the lens of this whole entertainment industry, so... The, the way I, I kind of get looked at it is like every, everybody has has idea, especially among uh, uh, um, if you watch a lot of black cinema, there's definitely supposed to be an adherence to gender roles and what male mm-hmm. and female are supposed to do and everything like that. This is it's almost like somebody said you are a male. Here's your genetic list of responsibilities, exactly. characteristics, and attributes. Exactly. Same for females exactly. and everything. And it become it begins to get so ridiculous to the point where if I'm on my Facebook page, I mean I've been asked several times if I was gay because I support LGBT issues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like 
you know, you know, you're not supposed to talk about that because, you know, you're straight men. That is a very, very human mm-hmm. reaction where um people it's kinda like, you know, that's your business, this is my business, that's your life, this is my life. It is very uncommon. It's becoming more common, but for the most part it's very uncommon for our species to get involved in problems that don't directly affect us. But so if, one course, if you say I support LGBT community, first thought is going to be, oh well, that must be because that's his community. Are you gay? Yeah. You know yeah. that's true, and I think I think I I can sort of um, attest to that type of attitude. You know, where I've had questions. Well, you know, you seem to be so connected to you know LGBT issues. You know, are is is you know, you got something you want to tell us, you know, and that that's the thing about it is I'm an ally, and I have been an ally for most of my year, m- most of my years on this earth because I have people that I love very dearly who are members of the LGBT community, and I would fight like anything to see any of them, you know, hurt in any way. But people don't understand that right off the bat. They say, oh, well, you must be, well, you know, what's wrong with you? And that's, you know, I I hate that. I really hate I had that. A, there was a there yep. was a link on Facebook and it, it was regarding um, they did a study. They had people who were uh, they, they confessed that they were you know big at something. You know they they definitely knew that they did not like you know homosexuality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then they had people who were you know more liberal to that aspect and they showed them some you know pornography and whatnot and. and oh and, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it was just the other day. I was yesterday I was looking at it. Yeah, well, yeah, so okay. They had um, the people who were uh, homophobic had more sensation, more reaction, more stimulation towards these uh, these pictures that they were looking at versus their their counterparts, and and it was interesting because there's you know, so many studies that come out every couple of. Hmm? Yeah, they were saying they had more of a tendency to be actually, you know, uh, you know, homophobic. I'm not homophobic. Yeah, they're reacting unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Right. So. There, um, there are a few studies that have shown that actually more than a few, quite a lot actually, that have shown that um, extreme um, bigotry toward homosexuals is a sign of can be in, not a sign but can be indicative of um, latent homosexual tendencies exactly. and shame or um, fear of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I ask the question, I'm like, are we expecting too much out of ourselves? Do we expect too much out of humanity? Because we certainly know, you know, a fairly mature individual when we see one, but these same individuals who consider intellectuals or whatnot, I mean, you know, maybe they are religious and we think, well, you know, where's the balance? I mean, because you, you're smart, you, you research, but yet you drop the ball on some very critical, you know, ideologies. And, I mean, I don't understand, you know, we all just shake our heads, like, how the hell does that work? So it's not that we're always right. I mean, of course, you know, there is in our lives, where, you know, we can certainly be terribly wrong. But uh, I don't think that we're going to actually go kill anybody based on, you know, some of these fallacies that we, you know, might adhere to. Uh, you know, maybe a superstitious kind of, you know, um, habit that we might have. But bottom line is, you know, when you have a situation where you can actually determine how you <clears throat> allow yourself to raise your children, you know, don't ever hang around that person because he's a gay kid. I don't know anything about that kid, but he's wearing, you know, uh, a pink, you know what I'm saying, hat or whatever. He's gay. And 
you know, this sure. determines the growth patterns of, of millions of kids. And, you know, it's just certainly awful. But mm-hmm. it's the kind of world we live in. And I ask, I ask the question, you know, are we expecting too much of ourselves? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really believe that this, this um, adherence to gender roles can probably be attributed to um, our very human um, fear of change and for some people fear of progress. Um, this is what I know, this is what I'm used to, so it must be right. Or it might not be right, but I don't want to change. A lot of people don't want to change. I mean, a lot of people, so this is one of the problems that we have and everything. You know, people fear change, especially when they're so used to things being a certain way and they, they're, they're not used to the definition of that being changed in their in their opinion. Like like when we're talking about gender roles and we're talking about um 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 the feminization of the black man and stuff like that, you know, a, a lot of people. I mean, I think it's more of a fear that maybe this will become more acceptable than anything else. And it's, I mean, if you grab you if you grow a pair and just let people be who they are and let people be who they want to be, you don't have to worry about any of that, man. I mean, people are going to do that going to do, especially when you're given the fact that. If the whole idea is that my sexuality can be affected by the people I hang around, you know, then doesn't that kind of say that I'm kind of weak-minded? And are you only straight because you hang around a bunch of super, super macho guys who hate on hate on all homosexuals? What kind of I mean, how the hell does that make you more of a man and me less of a man because you believe that there's a there are concrete definitions of masculinity and you're willing to willing to promote this whole conspiracy theory that that's the only way a man can be. I think it's ridiculous. Well, this is, this comes oh, not another sound. This comes from the idea that um, people learn by example. So if you're doing something that makes someone uncomfortable, they're not necessarily concerned with how that might affect their behavior, but how children who see you or a group of people who behave like you in this way that they don't approve of can start to emulate you. And and adoration. Um, and, while, and, while, and while behaviors, exactly, and while behaviors um, obviously can be emulated, these people also feel that um, um, sexual orientation is a behavior to be emulated. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Social acceptance. Yeah. I mean, social media is going to... That's going to determine a lot about what you are. I mean, think about the energy that you put in to trying to figure out who you were growing up, and then you finally decide on a position, and then later on someone's like, you know, hey, this is this isn't, you know, you, you shouldn't be that way, or it's, you know, it's not really politically correct. You should change, and, and now you have to contemplate doing that. It's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. So now you have this social media, like, hey, I, I want to be accepted. I mean, which group am I going to go with? It? Who's stronger? Because the last thing I want to do is alienate myself from the people that I care about most. And that's how generally, you know, people go through life. So, yeah. you know, they're not yeah. strong enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Anyway, I was just going to say that um, when, when the whole situation comes about, and I, I know I've heard um, the word behavior um, tossed in a couple of times, um, don't forget that, I mean, I'm sure we all know that there's something that also plays into the idea that 
uh, homosexuality and a whole bunch of other things that are just human 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 attributes are chosen lifestyle choice. Right. You know, right. there's there's a there's a fantastic book by um neuroscientist his name was Sherwin Newland and the name of the book is What You Can Change and What You Can't and he goes through seven um seven main attributes of humanity and one of them was sexuality and he just discusses the whole the whole the um the whole genetic nature of of um you know how how sexuality is determined and how people are intersex and you know it's really interesting and he just basically goes from some the, the basic stuff you can't change to the stuff you can change meaning you know maybe some of your what you would consider your predisposition to being overweight or alcoholism and everything like that. Anyway, it's an interesting book and if you any if anybody happens to get a chance to pick it up, leaf through it. It's uh, it's definitely well worth your reading. But, you know, the 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 supposition that it's a behavior, it's something that's can be changed or or prayed away or something like that is still probably very much resonant in people just don't necessarily believe it's something that you were born with. You were born that way. And mm-hmm. that's that's a kind of well, a big that, problem. That is the root of the problem is sure. the denial that people are born homosexual and that they are not made that way through abuse or emulating effeminate behaviors or masculine behaviors yeah. for lesbians. Or being a sinner. Or, yeah. or being a sinner. Right. Or being raped or not having been raised with a father in their household or all manner of other things mm-hmm. that they think contribute to homosexuality. They mm-hmm. see this as a behavior, a negative behavior and a learned behavior. So they want to control the lives and the actions of adults who are gay because they don't want this behavior to be catching in the youth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the most mm-hmm. obvious aspect of that is, you know, you have what people claim, you know, are two heterosexual parents. I mean, there's, you know, many ways to determine whether they feel that way. But um, and then how, how do they believe that they had raised a, you know, homosexual child? I mean, it's, it's, if if they weren't born that way, then it's inconceivable that they could have raised them that way, you know. So I don't know why it's so hard for them to understand behavior versus non-behavioral uh, attributes. It is that it is that constant um, argument of nature versus nurture. And for many of these parents, because of the way that they, the, their their manner of child rearing, I don't understand why they would think it wasn't nature. Because if you are that Bible something parent who takes your child to church every Sunday, the dad fishes, he works, mom stays home, she cooks, she cleans, they have a bunch of kids, his phrase, the final say in the household, she's an awesome homemaker and hostess, the quintessential. Um, you know, stereotypical traditional male-female roles, and you still have a gay child, maybe it's about time you stop and think that that wasn't your doing. You understand what I mean? Before we... One last comment yeah. on this. The expression in the experiences of, of child, uh, you know, just the, the growth, I mean, the curiosity aspect. How many of us literally just weren't curious about, you know, you see another... Man's penis, I mean, is it bigger than mine? He's dark, he's white, he's, you know, he's a Chinese guy, whatever. I mean, now once you are exposed to that, to somebody else's, you know, generals and, and areas that you're not normally exposed to, 
How does that make you feel? Are you comfortable? Are you uncomfortable? Do you want to touch it? Do you want to, you know, do something sexual to it? Do you Are you, you know, repulsed by it? I mean, these are the natural feelings that you have and have no bearing on what your behavior, I mean, you know, someone actually told you about this particular, uh, you know, body part. And that's, that's nature, you know. And, and A lot people of people, though, mm-hmm. confuse, a lot of people confuse their own feelings with their own behaviors. Okay. There are so many yeah. people that are almost, is, is something wrong, Mario? No. Uh-uh. Okay, Um. so many people confuse the way they feel with what they do. Um, this is very mm-hmm. true with a lot of homophobes that are closet cases. Mm-hmm. I think the fact they've never been with a man make, means that they're not gay, even though that's what they masturbate to. And my rule of thumb is you are what you masturbate to. Um, if the thought of a naked man is what gets you off and you're a man, you're probably gay. Um, so, uh, so my kind of my so I'm actually a Japanese squid because I kind of well you probably didn't need to know about all that. Anyway, too much hentai, uh, Mario. Too much hentai. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that something else that you want to uh, you want to banter about before? Because um, when we're entering the last twenty minutes soon, so isn't there something else that you had wanted to bring up? Me? Yeah. If there is, I completely forgot what it is. I've gotten distracted. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. We, yeah, that's no problem though. We're doing a pretty good job anyway, and I, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're in the last twenty minutes, so let's keep it going and have a good. I was saying about, as I was oh, saying about behaviors and um, um, emotions and actions. You know, there are so many people, especially a lot of men on the down low, that are like, yeah, let's just, you know, um. It's not gay if nobody knows about it, or it's not gay if I'm not in an actual relationship with a man kissing and hugging and cuddling and making plans with a man. That's not gay. Sleeping with a man is not, that's gay. Sleeping with a man is not gay. Or others that will be like, you know, regardless of the way, regardless, these people shouldn't give in to these vile feelings and urges. And I think everyone on this line has heard a, a bigot um, refer to homosexuality as unnatural urges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weak, weak or sinful people, weak or sinful people get into those urges. Okay, they're urges for sure, but they're not unnatural. Right. Um, sure. The very fact exactly. that you're capable of these urges um, is the 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 part and parcel right there. If you can feel of an emotion, there's nothing unnatural about it. And if you can feel it, and God is, God knows your heart and is responsible for it. Um, then you need to consider, as if you are a Christian, why you feel that way. I think well, it's kind of a matter of accepting the label, too, accepting the yeah. title or label. The, yeah. the wor- words are very powerful. Titles sure. are very powerful. Names are very that, powerful. You know, right. When they say they're natural, um, sometimes we don't even consider, you know, we're, we're, we're aligned with something supposedly supernatural. We're in God's image, so we're not. We're almost, you know, a deity in our own right. Natural mm-hmm. is the animals and the trees. You know, that's your nature. You know, but then if you take into that consideration, they're not even paying attention to nature because the animals are doing it right and left. You know, they can't even pay attention to the, you know, what's really going on around them. So you know, you know, I even I even asked the question though of someone. 
like uh, what well, God didn't make Adam and Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. Which is a stupid. <laughs> I hate that damn saying because it okay. is complete. The way I look at this is that, you know, first of all, if God created everybody, male and female, if you know, what what does it mean? God, the idea of the of male and female form had to have come from somewhere. If you believe in God. And if God creates both male and female on some level, he is he is either both or neither. Right. So why are you so yeah. concerned about it? Well, actually, right. God created Adam, and Eve yeah, and was then, just an extension, yeah. literally an extension of Adam, because he couldn't just make another independent woman. He he just you know did some supernatural um um rib removal on this dude. Um. And there you go. Now you have a now you have a female counterpart who's literally a part of you. Um, so she's a and part of Adam. Was, she couldn't and, be a part of him, though. She couldn't be a part of him because that would mean that he would have a poo poo. <laughs> he he has to have a poo poo. You see what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. He didn't have one, right? Unless he had one. No. <laughs> You know, I think also we want to consider that there are so many different varieties, nature being what it is. Uh, nature has presented um, the the problem of not just having strictly male and strictly female. When you look at the whole range of XY and uh, XX combinations, you realize that there is an entire catalog, a whole panoply of different combinations possible with um, X and Y. And do you realize that there are so many combinations that, um, I mean, there's there's all, there's a number there's an illness or um, I don't know attribute illness whatever condition happens when there are women who are triple X. Um, quadruple X, quintuple mm-hmm. X, and, mm-hmm. you know, where there's XX and YYY babies that are born with that configuration. So there are so many different gradations of sexuality and sexual determinants. You know, I think just, you know, for us to be so rigid about it's got to be one or the other, you'd be surprised at how much gray there is in there. Right. You know, my my rule of thumb is, you know, as long as everyone's consenting, everyone's honest Hello. and aware, and everyone is is able to to able and old enough to give consent, um, I don't really care. Hello, exactly. <laughs> do what you got to do. Exactly. Sure. Well, let me ask a question then. Let me ask a question while we got here about online then. What do you think about the standard, the well, the double standard that? If let's say M, throw her on the bus right quick, decides mm-hmm. to have you know be with a woman once or twice, two three times in college or something like that, you know, and then she decides to marry another guy later on, it's fine, it's cool, you know. No, there's nobody's concerned about her running out and having a rapid lesbian um, screw spree. But if I have any type of sexual interaction with a guy once in high school, a college, or whatever, and I never revisit that idea. Maybe it was once or twice and everything. I never revisit it. I never go back to it. 
I fall in love with a woman. I never touch a guy again. If anybody finds out that I did that, I'm automatically suspected as being down low and forever branded as gay. What do you think about that? You know what it is? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, too. I think it has a lot to do with um, a lot of the mentality of the prison system where if you are the bottom, you are some man's bitch and you are his property, you belong to him. He's made you a feminine now. I think it's a very fact that um, sex... um, a lot of people don't see lesbian sex as real sex because there's no penile penetration. So as far as they're right. concerned, as far as they're concerned, it's just two women pre- playing pretend or something. Well, women are more uh, predisposed to emotion and and you know this whole love uh, you know sensation and and you know it's not that men don't love, but it's just not the you know we're not supposed to be as emotional and and, and can't cry, you know, saying this masculinity role has to be real and it has to be portrayed and it has to be, you know, something that, that somebody can stand by and trust that you have. And if you break that, then, well, you're, hey, you're not, you're not in our club, in the, in the men's club. So if you've bounced outside of that, you know, that parameter, then you know, it's going to be all hell trying to get back in. For women, they come and go as you please because there's no parameter. It's just, you know. And there's less of a you know, uh, boundary on there. So, well, we see, see this. There's this, one thing that bothers me, especially when we get into this whole idea of uh, gender roles and whatnot. I'm supposed to be. Uh, I mentioned the whole list of, of uh, masculinity or masculine traits that I'm supposed to have <clears throat> supposed to embody. Then you factor in what I'm supposed to be as a black man. I, and I look, dudes always throw that shit up as a black man and stuff like that. Like, I'm born yeah. with a, all these, you know, innate traits. I'm supposed Everybody to have. knows that I'm black men are, like, extra masculine, though, Mario. Right. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> and it can't it, be it, any it gets on my nerves to the point. It, it gets on my nerves to the point where I tell people, look, I don't need you to speak for me. I don't need you to uh, um, to get tell me what <laughs> I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to be. You keep that's using funny. this we shit. Ain't no we. If you are doing dumb shit, that's on you. If you were, you know, a, a womanizer, that's on you. I'm going to do what I want to do for myself because my name is Mario. It is not generic black man number 3,472. You know, it's a particularly you know, annoying thing is, is I find that, you know, a lot of uh, urban black males feel like they have this need to project their their identity, their personality. They start yelling. They start talking loud, and they want to be, you know, like I said, extra masculine just to, you know, make sure that they they have this, you know, particular identity. And it's like, dude, you know, you have no understanding about communication. I mean, just because you're talking louder doesn't make any reference to whether you're making sense or not, you know. So, but for them... You know, but that's, that's very common um, mindset in the black community with men and women, that the person who speaks the loudest is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can shout yeah. someone down, then you must be right. I mean, just look at the Real Housewives franchise. Oh, Lord right. have mercy. I don't like you know that. You know, that, that kind of means that Alex Jones is always right. Mm-hmm. Let that go. Mm-hmm. Weird. But, yeah, yeah back on I entertainment, mean, you know, it's sad that, you know, you can actually take someone and, you know, I don't, I'm not so much bent on the fact that artists are, you know, they make themselves, you know, they they. They get people write songs for them, the producers or, or you know, kind of guiding them through their, 
you know, their you know, their their uh, training processes. And, um, so there's a whole team full of people, theoretically, that's that's helping them be successful. And then they get up there, and not that they don't acknowledge them, but the first thing that comes up, like you know, we alluded to in the beginning, is that they're thinking of uh, uh, some entity that they never even cared about in the whole process. You know, I mean, it would be one thing if you said, hey. Um, I'm not going to do anything until, you know, I go through my five prayers a day, and that's it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're wholeheartedly, like Jainism, you know, they, they don't want to breathe in a bug. And they're constantly aware of this this ideology that they believe in. And I, I can respect that, you know. I can respect, mm-hmm. you know, people who don't want to deal with technology because they feel like they don't need it, you know. I mean, You know, I say something. that all the time, too. Most fundamentalists are completely crazy, but by that same token, um, I cannot condone other believers calling them crazy simply because they're actually adhering to what their religion says. And I have to respect the, the, their lack of hypocrisy. Like, it is commendable to not just say you believe in this, but actually inconvenience yourself um, to follow your beliefs. All right. some, you know, a lot of people's belief only stretches to the point where it starts to be too hard. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not about that life anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're in the final stretches of the show, and it's rolling down to the last 10 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and get ready to do the housekeeping and announcements and everything and let people know about upcoming shows from all of our partners and um, all those other people who make this show, make this whole uh, 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 black free thinker experience to be such an uh, experience. You know, the way I look at it is all this information comes in, comes in, and you know, this is one of the reasons why one of the things I was saying about the roundtable type of idea, and which we're this is the same conversation I would want to have with people if we're sitting around having lunch. I don't want it to be something like the view or no bullshit like that where we're talking all like, you know, we're trying to impress people. I want to hear right. what people really have to say. So right. I, with all that with all that um, said and done, it's time to say goodbye to all our, uh, how did that shit go? M-I-C-K-E-Y. Anyway, that's not a note. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Right. Right. Wow. It's been tough. And that's what happens when you're the youngest person on air. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time talking to everybody, with all everybody that called in. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I appreciate all the comments and the information and whatnot. Um, definitely I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed talking to all of you. And uh, um, coming up um, Sunday, Kim is going to have her show one o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time. All right. Mm-hmm. Abusive par- parents and family secrets. Probably gonna be very a very deep, very interesting show, so you should probably check tune in and check that out. I definitely out. plan on calling in um for that one and I definitely suggest that everyone listen in because this is a topic that um has de- is definitely touched a lot of people and and you know, has a lot to do with the current state of our communities. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Then, you know, I can't um, always come in on Sundays. I'm sorry, let me just say, I can't always come in on Sundays, but I do listen when I'm able to. So I'll tell you what, uh, it has been interesting. I've enjoyed it. I felt, um, you know, it's very stimulating conversation. 
I'm going to go ahead and duck out and listen to the rest of the show. Thanks, everybody. Have Thank a good you. night. Thank you for okay. calling in. Bye-bye. Good night. I liked her. She was, you know, she had a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And um, she's really cool, really cool, really cool, you know. Um, I, you know, I always enjoy when we have uh, a lot of calls with a lot of perspectives, especially when we have uh, women call in and whatnot, because I like to hear, uh, um, especially when we're talking about on subjects of, like, sexuality and whatnot, I do like to get a lot um, um I do like to get to uh, I, I do like to get different perspectives and um understand where everybody's coming from. And mm-hmm. then um a lot of times you know, especially when we can laugh and just kick it and have a good time and all that shit like that. So mm-hmm. this was another great show. This was another great show. Dare I say that this was a flawless victory. Right on. <laughs> Just brought back so many childhood memories. Is that Luke Kane? Hell no, that's a uh, 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 that's Shao Kahn. Okay. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Okay. All right. I feel much better. Cool. So we're gonna show. have a. Yeah, it was. So we'll announce our call. We'll announce our um our next show as soon as we figure out what the next topic is gonna be. Yeah, we have to bring something on. Yeah. With all that said and done, all y'all have a nice weekend. Enjoy yourself. Be safe and um, eat some ribs for me because it's Memorial Weekend. Make sure you be safe, though. Be safe. All right, y'all, too. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Bye. (laughs) Finish him. By sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by space in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church. So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text. Show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310982 4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance My Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a sin family and all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 
310-932-9842-4273 to get through a venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith and I lost my state cause it's not quite safe.